everybody, Dee Williams here, and you are listening to episode number 20 of the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. Let's get fired up. Welcome to StaffingStartup.tv, the podcast that gives you direct access to the world's leading recruitment, staffing, and startup experts. Dee Williams speaks with amazing thought leaders, venture capitalists, and technology trendsetters about their journey, challenges, and successes related to recruitment, staffing, and hiring. Now, here's your host, Dee Williams. Hey, everybody, this is Dee Williams, and welcome to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast, where we get fired up about recruitment and staffing. That's right. This podcast is all about the ins and outs, ups and downs and all arounds of finding and nurturing and securing exceptional talent for companies all across the globe. And today we are diving right into one of my favorite segments, Driven Insights. That's right. Driven Insights, where we talk to thought leaders about recruitment, hiring, and recruitment leadership practices that will help staffing entrepreneurs just like you support their clients and candidates more effectively and grow their business. And today, I, me personally, am super excited, like, <laughs> to introduce my very special guest. He is the co-founder of the recently acquired HR tech platform Recruiter Box and author of the book, Prepare, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Hiring, Mr. Raj Seth. Did I say your last name right, Raj? Perfect. 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 Ah, thanks. How are you today? Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm great. How are you? I am always phenomenal. <laughs> I'm always great. So listen, you are doing some amazing things to impact the world through recruitment technology. And then you took it one step further and decided to write a book. And I, I would love for you to tell my listening audience a little bit more about you and really also what inspired you to write the book. Absolutely. So uh, in a nutshell, um, I... I founded and ran Recruiter Box for nearly the last seven years. Uh, before that, I had a couple of other startup attempts uh, that were in different spaces, not HR tech, but I'm calling them attempts because they didn't really take off, but I did spend a few years on it. Uh, and I am a finance and entrepreneurship major by, by education before those attempts. Mm -hmm. So coming back to Recruiter Box, um, me and my two other co-founders, we kind of realized that, you know, when we were working at larger companies earlier and also when we were looking for jobs, we realized that there were some, you know, big enterprise HR systems that large companies used and they required training and they were quite elaborate. I'm sure they were helpful, but at times also cumbersome. Mm -hmm. and, and we saw that the little guys were using email and Excel to manage their recruiting process and Everything else was really an overkill. And uh, long story short, that's the market that we wanted to go after. Like we, we didn't even know what an applicant tracking system was, which is like a funny little secret. We had never heard that term before. Uh, but we just set out to create uh, a software that uh, we just set out to create a software that replaced email and Excel and was super easy to do and integrated with the email. And that's how Recruiter Box was born. So you didn't know what an applicant tracking system was? 
honestly no we did not and i think i think that helped us because we didn't try to ape or copy any of them out there we were just like you know what's the best way to right. receive resumes from multiple sources and what do you need to do with them as a team to screen and of course it, over a seven year journey we 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 learned so much about it and we kept acquiring larger and larger customers yeah uh, and and we we learned a ton about it but yeah at the start we did not know so like throughout that startup journey and just reading your book and I I really want to talk about it one of the things that uh you took away from that was that you were not just building the software for other people but you guys were having some internal hiring um going on as well and so this kind of became a tool for you all do you want to talk a little bit about that Yeah exactly so funnily the book uh came about not because of external lessons that we observed uh you know that, you know that our customers were going through but while recruiter box was growing uh, we ended over the course of the 5 or 7 years we ended up hiring close to 60 people and we got so many of the early hires wrong ourselves you know mm-hmm. for our team you know especially in the leadership roles and the manager roles as the business was growing really and and it was a ironical thing what we did as a business a product kind of help people manage the recruiting but there's so much more to that really right because both the art and science of hiring uh, we were getting our asses kicked um, and we we it it was almost as if we were getting lucky sometimes and we were like oh this is a human process but then what we realized is we could change you know some fundamental things and have a fundamental system or process in place uh, which is what the book is prepared and and we experimented with that system and at one point i remember over a year i was 16 for 16 we we hired 16 folks here in the us and uh, for the for the customer facing team across marketing sales success and support and all the 16 folks ended up staying and there was no turnover and they were awesome and we were happy with them and i was like that's when i felt that i owe it to just share this with you know other founders right and other people going through you know hiring teams and it it, it really applies to anybody that's you know looking at recruiting for a role uh, just to make it more predictable so you are not you're not like playing the lottery and that's what the book is about it's about our personal mistakes and and the steps that we took to make hiring more predictable for our company Staffingstartup.tv is your number one source for news, information, and live interviews specific to the growth and success of niche recruiting and staffing agency business owners. Staffingpreneurs. So I I am like crazy about this book because so many things were like flowing through me, um, just reading about you know your journey and the process that you have gone, and I can see why you were 16 for 16. So I want to kind of talk about that hiring process a little bit. Um so one of the things that I loved about this book and one of the reasons why I was so excited and passionate about you coming on to the podcast was I feel like you can bring a very different perspective to my staffing preneurs, right? Um as in regards to this hiring process. A lot of times we take from a 
from a third party perspective, we take what the hiring manager gives us and then we just take it and run with it, right? Uh, we don't always feel like we have the power or um, or given or we're given the flexibility to go in with the hiring manager and to really sit down and take that consultative role and to find out exactly what the hiring manager is looking for. And even in some instances, when we do try to go out and do that, they don't have time, right? Your process, one of the things that intrigued me was you were talking about um, how it takes a little bit more time in the beginning to define the problems. But if you define the problems, then you're kind of like starting out on a good note. What do you do when you're dealing with someone who doesn't have the time to really sit down and define the problem in that way? Or when you're working from a third party perspective and you really can't get that, draw that information out, does that mean the process doesn't work? Or like, that was one of my questions. (laughs) Yeah, actually, it's amazing that you are saying that because from the company side, and by the way, we sold the product mostly to companies, not to agencies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do know there are some other products out there designed more for agencies and ours were designed for the companies. And we did notice them working with agencies and we had, you know, built that functionality in for them. But a lot of the people on the company side and our personal experience was the opposite, which is that we felt that, oh, you know, the third party recruiter or the agency should take more time to understand it. But I, but I, but I get it that it's, it's a shared responsibility. And right. sometimes you have people uh, not going through what I'm calling these essential steps on both sides. So to come back to your question, I, I would actually urge the third party recruiters. I know that that's the customer and they're banking on that, you know, success fee or whatever. But I would urge them very early on, you know, right in the sales process to these companies or right in the onboarding process to be like, hey, we're going to need this minimum level of information to get started and and to not flood you with 100 candidates, but give you five solid ones that you can go, you know, make a decision on this month. Right. Right. And I think, I mean, you know, I would love to have an open debate and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a most companies that you want to work with uh, will will appreciate that actually so so you you weave that into the onboarding process you don't make it fluid or all over the place maybe you know this problem step that you're talking about let's take that right there in the initial email or a google form and be like you know what when we talk about this role or even if you have just one call for me this is what we're going to cover for me to get started. Otherwise, we won't be able to do a good job. Right. And then take that. And because uh, everybody is still addicted to the old version or the, the concept of the job description, the way it's typically posted. But if that third party recruiter or even an internal recruiter, right, takes that information um, that they're gathering at that discovery phase, right, what's the problem, defining the problem, they can create kind of a custom job description that will attract the right person. Is that the concept? Exactly. Because see, uh, one other interesting thing you bring up, the truth is that all of us, all of us are bad at writing job descriptions because, because we are not writers. Mm -hmm. It's not because we don't know. It's, it's, it's just the same reason why not all of us may be great at writing a press release copy or an article, you know, for a publication. It's the same thing. We're not most of our core competencies are we are not writers and for the good or the bad 
most job descriptions uh, and by the way the resume on the other side which is a whole other discussion they they follow the same templates mm-hmm. right so this also happens because the third party recruiter is sometimes talking to their hr or recruiting counterpart but the job or the problem is actually known by the, the hiring, hiring manager, manager. yes and, and whose team this person is going to be working on so all three of them may not you know participate in writing the job description but if whoever is doing the sourcing gets to speak with the hiring manager and just like understand you know some of the boundaries or goals or objectives of the role then you know there are some low hanging fruit where they won't be pushing candidates that are like you know not even close uh, in terms of a fit the whole the whole point is to introduce fit like not to bring the best candidates uh, that are just best on paper regardless of what the role is right the, the the efficiency in the process comes by just you know bringing somebody who's going to be a close fit yeah definitely so if you guys give us a moment i know you are super engaged in this conversation i definitely am we are going to be back in one moment with raj and uh, we'll just be right back (laughs) attention all computer and information technology professionals it is estimated that the business of placing contract technology workers is at least a billion dollar industry and today We want to show you how you can become a supplier of tech talent to companies all over the world. That's right. You can put your IT colleagues on contract and build them out. It's not rocket science and is a great additional income. Let Staffingpreneurs Academy show you how to start your very own IT niche recruitment, staffing, and consulting business. Learn more at staffingpreneursacademy.com slash IT. That's staffing, P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S, academy.com slash IT right now. Welcome back to StaffingStartup.tv. I'm Dee Williams, and I'm here with Raj, co-founder of the recently acquired HR tech platform Recruiter Box and author of the book, Prepare, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Hiring. And we are having a very uh, dynamic conversation just around the hiring process and and the job description and what that really, what does that job description really entail and how do we deliver that to um, deliver that in a way to where we're attracting the right talent, but not just the right talent, but he just said the right fit. Can you take a moment and just define, because you were kind of playing around with it, but can you define a little bit more about what you mean about that fit? Because we say we're looking for a person, right, to fill a role. You're saying more we're looking for a fit. What does that mean? Define that. Sure. So uh, let's say, let's take a real example, which which is what we do in the book uh, as well, and it will just make it more tangible. Mm-hmm. Um Let's say, you know, we are a small, you know, software company or startup company or a small business looking for a first salesperson or a first account executive, right? Okay. And of course, you know, we can look at a lot of different sales profiles. But if you think about it, let's say a product is something that's not a, you know, big company enterprise product. It doesn't cost $100,000 a year. It costs $5,000 a year. And so we probably want uh, an account executive that is used to selling in that market, right? Because the the two, you know, experiences are so different. The $5,000 product is a very quick sales cycle. Right. You need somebody who's used to closing eight to 10 deals a month. You're used to somebody who's used to, uh, you know, 
uh, working on a process that leads to so many, uh, you know, uh, opportunities per mm. month, as opposed to somebody who might be an amazing experienced software sales executive, but is used to a very consulting approach and, you know, needs six months on a deal and the whole activities of the role are very different. So this is, this is probably, you know, we can go on and on about it, but not to drone on, but this is a small example of the fit. I think it's important to understand the activities and just to go deeper, what I mean by defining the problem, some people have a different sales development and lead gen process. And then the account executives are only doing the actual demos or the sales to the customers. Uh Whereas some people have not decided this yet and are looking for what we call a full cycle account executive. Means they want the person to hunt for the leads themselves and call and send cold emails and then also sell. Defining all these things beforehand leads to you having the right person because otherwise you're like, oh, we're just gonna you know, take it as it comes and improvise, but of course then you have a higher chance that you're going to have somebody that's not a fit, even though they might be awesome. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So that's one, that's one area of fit. I agree with a thousand percent. However, I think that a lot of companies miss out on hiring great talent because they are looking for someone that um, has immediate experience Versus someone who may have indirect experience and can come in and do a job where someone has had that immediate experience and, and, you know, and they can do it and run, you know, circles around them. So how, how do you define that person as a fit? Because I feel like there are two different types of fits. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And in fact, I'm, I'm missing out on two or three more, which is the culture fit, or we'll, we'll talk about some of those concepts too, concepts too. But you know what you said, uh, it just triggered a point and feel free to circle me back if, if this doesn't uh, cover it. But uh, you, I, I loved one of the things that I sort of fell in love with. I loved hiring uh, 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 players who would grow into the roles rather than coaches especially when we are talking about experiences and all. So because also for two reasons, sometimes, uh, you know, coaches have such a, when I say coaches, I'm just talking about, you know, way more experience. Mm-hmm. They, they have either been in some sort of leadership role. They're just coming and, you know, they're like, I have done this. I got this. This is how you do it, mm-hmm. which is all great. However, when they are coaches, it backfires for a smaller company. And then, and again, we're talking about a section of companies here, but I know I was in that board. That's because you need a player coach who's still going to do uh, a lot of the stuff uh, themselves at the same time, be open to doing things in a new way, mm-hmm. as opposed to sometimes a coach has too many templates developed over the years and they really won't vary off the templates or take any new risks. So this right. is one. So, so I completely agree with you. I'll, I'll give you two, three examples. We hired for our sales team, somebody who was a nurse, somebody who was selling furniture. So they had nothing to do with technology sales. And then somebody who worked for a city's environmental department. And because this is exactly like they didn't have the, the actual experience, but they had the all the qualities that we had exactly defined, so, which is the other two, three things in the fit that I'm missing. And they had very high levels of empathy 
they had very high levels of you know aptitude on troubleshooting and understanding tools and and they just had like the right uh, mindset over it and you know literally two weeks three weeks four weeks is all it took to get them up to speed and you know make them battle ready to actually put them in front of customers so yeah. i completely agree with you it, it still requires that that internal discussion and introspect of what are the fits we required which is the bigger point here yeah definitely and i i see it a lot when, when i recruit with hiring managers i see that box that you were talking about right um you know, trying to present a, a, to a hiring manager, someone who may not necessarily look like they fit the bill is way more challenging. They really want to see someone who comes from the industry, who's worked for a competitor or something similar, and who has this degree requirement. They're very adamant about staying in this structured box. And me being the person that I am, I think that you can find great things that are not in a box, right? We, they just need an opportunity. And I, you know, I, I, you know, Patty McCord, I talk about her all the time. People already know I'm like her biggest, like biggest, I don't know, I guess fangirl, <laughs> but um, I really admire her. And she talked about in her book, Powerful, how there were, there was a guy, a software developer that, um, that they wanted to hire. And this guy didn't have great comm skills. He didn't talk a lot. Um, he, they didn't even think he would be necessarily a great fit for the role that they were hiring for, but they put him in the role and he ended up being a major player in the company and, and rose through the ranks, like someone that they would never have thought would be a good fit for that type of role. So I think we see it all the time when we have someone internally, but when we're looking for someone from the outside coming in, not so open, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Absolutely. just different. So Absolutely. can you tell us what the what the prepare, what the pair process is? Yeah, in, in a nutshell, you know, we start by, uh, you know, defining the problems or the objectives that the role uh, hopes to achieve and, uh, the reason I'm I'm saying this is in, in in a lot of small and even medium companies, sometimes we tend to merge roles because we kind of feel like, oh, this person hopefully will, you know, help us here and help us there. And then you end up sometimes, again, going back to fit, getting a person who may not be able to help either place. Mm -hmm. So that's why we are starting with P. It's not an academic process at all. Like, you know, we, we all kind of just learned this on the job. Yeah. And the a is actually the activities of the role because, and if you think about it, just for some, you know, subtext here, we love, like, if we like a person, we like to believe that that's fine that they don't know the software system. That's fine that they have never worked oh, on. We'll and just teach them. <laughs> we will teach them. And, and, and sometimes that stretches too much, especially in some things where you require, nobody on the team knows how to set up, let's say, a you know, marketing automation system and, uh, you know, discounting that. So, so hence the activities, the, the A is the activities, which is what are the activities of this role? What are the recurring activities of this role? Just gives you like a quick hygiene check. Uh, and R is the requirement, simply the requirements that a person would need to fulfill these said activities. Right. Okay. Uh, and, and E is the evaluation, which is the most important part. Like, how do we, like, it's great to come up with all these activities and requirements, but how do, how do you evaluate that? Like, what, what do you do in the interview? What do you do before the interview? Most prob like, you know, most recruiters listening to this will be like, all this is okay, but you come and screen my 300 candidates. I just got 300 candidates from Indeed. 
I just got 300 candles from ZipRecruiter. But that is why the pre, the at the screening stage, have them like I never go off the resume because there's just where is the structure in the resume? What should I read each of the 301? So basically, while they're attaching the resume on the form of your ATS, you know, I would put a question in there. I would put like just one or two yes, no questions or one or two uh, okay. one line open ended questions. And that would just tell me quickly, how do I get to my 30? How do I get to my 30 out of 300? Um, and of course, the process looks the process and volume looks very different for every role. I understand that, but you, the evaluation addresses the, your you know at the job application stage screening, and then of course uh, interview and post interview test. Like an easy one to talk about is like programmers, and you know there are literally there's the whole industry around giving out programming tests and assignments and games and all that stuff, right? But uh, People need a little bit of predictability when the role is so like you wouldn't hire a doctor or a surgeon unless you do see them do surgery. Right. So why why do or you wouldn't hire a pilot unless they have X number of flying hours on right. a plane? That's true. There has to be there has to be some sort of practical test for some of these other jobs, right? Like especially you know marketing and sales and uh, all of these communication jobs and so many other jobs. Like we we kind of. The truth is we wing it a lot and you don't need to. And that's what fair is about. So I want to ask you a question about this. The I got to ask you a question about the job description and the resume in one second. We will be right back and, and have this conversation in more detail. I'm Dee Williams. You're listening to StaffingStartup.tv. Just give us a moment. Attention, all technologists, recruiters, and HR professionals, telecommunications, finance, engineering, and healthcare professionals who have a passion for entrepreneurship and a passion for people. A major economic crisis is happening all over the world and is reported by 2030. The demand for skilled workers will outstrip supply, which will result in a global talent shortage of more than 85.2 million people and $8.5 trillion of unrealized revenue. This is a major economic problem to be solved, and there's still time to make an impact. With the $429 billion global industry of recruitment and staffing, you can create your own business model that will help companies realize their unrealized revenue by supplying a niche set of skilled people. You will also have the ability to help hundreds, if not thousands of people, prepare for work and land new job and career opportunities. Expand on the idea and let Identifies Consulting show you how you can bring your idea to life, get you up to speed on the current business model and trends, help you add your own twist, get your business set up, launched, and earning revenue. Visit IdentifiesConsulting.com or call 866-432-8801 today. What are you working on and what's your mission? All right, guys. So we are back and I'm here talking to Raj and we are getting it in with this conversation about hiring and job descriptions and and resumes. And I want to ask you, so right now, do you feel like the 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 resume and the job description coincide the way they're supposed to in order for people to actually make true fit matches? What's missing? What's wrong with it? So the big okay, the biggest problem with the resume is that it's not a sample of your work. Mm-hmm. If I need an introductory um card or a symbol 
to you know who you are and what kind of work you have done and you know should we talk about you know this role or should we talk about uh, you know at, at any role in a company the resume is a very cryptic document especially the way we're used to writing it and i go back to the point that we're not writers um, and nothing uh, has changed that in the last 40 50 years all we did with linkedin is put that paper all we first did is put your you know cv your resume that you used to type on the typewriter we first put it on microsoft word over the last 20 years and over the last 10 years we've simply put it on linkedin however nobody talks about work samples yes uh, so i would just leave it at that point that i would love love to experience work samples and by the way i believe that you know not even in our lifetimes, but in the next 10 years, there will be a company which if they figure out how we all interact professionally through work samples will be much larger than LinkedIn. I'm already on it. What are you uh, talking about? I'm already on it. <laughs> this one, this is why I'm asked so, this. These questions are not for my audience at this point. These questions are for me. That's so <laughs> I'm already on it. I feel just as passionate as you do. And, and before you say what you're going to say, I just want to tap in into that a little bit more. I think that that resume, I believe that the resume causes more time loss, which also equates to money loss, than anything in the hiring process. That is my opinion. And when you start talking about recruiters who have to review 300 resumes and different things like that, I feel like the structure of the, re I agree with you. And it's so interesting. I asked you the question earlier on my, my notes here. The question I had for you was, how do you show evidence of the work, um, of the work that someone has done? That was my question. That was my big million dollar question for you today. Um, <laughs> because that is something I, I believe that we need to start looking at and I really want to be that person that changes the format of the resume but that's a whole different conversation we're not here to talk about D. Williams and her big pipe dreams uh, <laughs> but I am passionate <laughs> but I am passionate about that because I do think that there with AI here and and really moving forward and machine learning here and really moving forward and even with, and I know this is going to sound weird, but virtual reality and cryptocurrency, I feel like we are 10 million steps behind in the way we communicate um, how we want to get things done within a company and who we want to bring in to help build out our team. And, you know, that's all. I, I mean, what are your thoughts? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, um, what are your thoughts? No, no, you're right. Uh, I, 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 of course, you know, don't have, uh, like a specific, you know, answer solution. Otherwise we all would be doing it right now. Right. 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 <laughs> you test. Yeah. But, but what I do feel, so there are, there are some helpful analogies here. If you look at it, uh, you know, a lot of designers, uh, do this work sample stuff really well. A lot of small businesses, designers, freelancers, uh, programmers, people that, you know, depend on marketing themselves well to earn that living or earn a paycheck you can see that you know you would go to a freelance designer's website and what you're looking at is work samples right. not not the three schools they went to or, or or the 15 manufactured lines that they have under those five last jobs right like that you're absolutely right it's just more cognitive load for me to just read all that stuff and it doesn't mean anything as opposed to 
you know, anything that, you know, gave me just an insight into, okay, you know, who are you, where do you work? Like, just like, if you just took the headings of the resume and I, you just need that for context. So I know kind of where, where you've been and what experience you have. And then I just want to look at a couple of work samples to see, to get interested. Yeah. And, and that would be much faster screening. And Raj, and I feel like that's cool. And that's, I think it's easier to define uh, from a tech perspective and from a marketing perspective, because their careers are, you know, contingent upon that, that, that particular skill set that they do. And that's something tangible that we can see like visibly. Right. However, that, that doesn't, that, you know, it's a little bit different when you're talking about an administrative assistant or a project manager or a, um, you know, or an engineer or, you know, or some other role where we're not in the business of designing or how. So then the question and the reason why I'm doing this with you, I'm just going to quote you here in your book. <laughs> just one second, because I don't I know you're like, D, you're tripping, but I want to you said something and I said, oh, oh no, my gosh, no, this Rogers. is great. This is great. You said, I, I'm um, glad. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm glad we're pushing the discussion in this direction. Go on, go on. Okay. Read, read <laughs> you said, um, you said, I would like to thank my co-founders for always asking the right questions. This book is about the lessons we learned in pursuit of those questions. And, and it would not have come together without them. And you started the yes. book that way. And I thought that was super powerful because it immediately put me into a mindset of asking questions based on everything so. that you had written in here. And it really sparked my creative juices. <laughs> so I'm asking yep. these yep. questions because I'm pushing the envelope as well and, and kind of understand. I talk to tons of people in this industry and I'm starting to see things and put the puzzle pieces together. And so I'm at that question phase. And so I'm asking you as a learner, <laughs> not as a host. <laughs> No, 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 you're absolutely right. I, um, the administrative assistant, uh, a product manager, a program manager, an events coordinator, and an engineer working on some sort of infrastructure, this is the ability to give them some sort of a form factor to have their work samples be very clear to, to any of us. Like, is is this futuristic system that you know we're kind of talking about or toying with? So, in other words, um, and and again, you know, we we obviously don't have the right answer here, but yeah. I mean, we are picturing something where we see, you know, how uh, passionate, prompt, uh, uh, how much uh, of a completeness uh, freak, or how uh, high on the empathy levels an administrative assistant is, right? And and. And if you think about it, and again, I even before I say it, I know it's not an apples to apples comparison and it's probably very dilutive, but think about the reviews that we are already reading for somebody that, you know, somebody that we hire on Thumbtack today who, mm-hmm. who comes home to do something. Think about the reviews of everybody uh, on Uber, Uber driver. And why do we do that? Because to be honest, it's a transactional relationship. It's a marketplace. And we will only engage if we see a certain score and we will read some of the reviews, etc. We just haven't found an acceptable way of doing that for somebody who sits on a W-2 payroll. That's it. Um, and, and, and 
but businesses and companies will be forced to do it, whether they care about what you and I are talking about or not. They'll be forced to do it because the the whole the whole structure, the whole form factor of what we call a company today is changing. It's already changing. It is. Uh, you know, I mean, look at at the beginning of the call. You're talking about your team member, and you know they are elsewhere and they're remote, and it just. Even even within you know a state or within the city, if the whole team is in the city, people are working remote, and that whole the way we work is changing, and the way we evaluate performance has to change. Otherwise, they you know companies will just not be able to you know put up that that investment without doing that evaluation. Yeah, and I read this um, book, um, and I don't have my other phone with me, but I read this book, and it was talking about like the future of talent that might have been the book the future of talent and they were saying that at some point they believe in the next you know five to ten years maybe a little bit longer that work that w2 i the idea of w2 work will go away and that it will be more of a work would be more of a pay for performance type of deal do you what do you think about that do you see that actually taking place so I, I don't have clarity on that, to be honest. Uh, sure, I mean, you know, it seems like it could move to then, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. That's the, you know, simplistic approach. But uh, the other thing is teams and companies sometimes come up with great work in collaboration. And the the gap to that pay for performance thing is that uh, if the pay for performance thing integrates to the level where the company can still do a lot of creative work. Like think about Apple. Imagine if Apple, imagine if every one of those 10, 15, 20 people early on with Steve Jobs was a pay for performance and they were not in the same room. It We don't know the answer. Like would they have come up with some of those innovations and some of but those why products? why did they not and have to be in the same room? Why do they have to not be in the same room? Why can't they be in the same room, still be team, till, still be collaborative, except instead of getting a salary for... Um, 40 hours a week, you get paid for the actual problem that you're solving, right? Like in the beginning, and I was kind of thinking about this in your prepare book, I, um, the define the problem. And I thought if, so I'll stop there. Cause I see you, your thoughts are going, go ahead. What are you going to say? No, 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 no. This is, this is, it's so funny. I have debated on both sides of this, but it's just fun right now to just, you know, to play the devil's advocate. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one tangible point as to why I don't see it happening overnight today. Okay, okay. Just, just for the, just for case. Okay. See, when when a company gives somebody a full time salary and W two and benefits, uh, what they are sig- By the way, I never had contractors at Recruiterbox. Even all the remote people, I paid them W two with full health benefits, medical, dental, uh, vision. Not because I just felt like assured or they're asking for it. For me, I was very clear from day one that I am signaling a long-term commitment them to signal a long-term commitment to us. It and and therein lies this whole question mark about what that looks like in the pay for performance thing. Uh, even for every one of these roles, like it can't just be, you know, you know, some roles are very easy to single out and talk about, right? Like design. However, it's about commitment. So when I am committing to a company, getting a job, and I live and breathe that, okay, I it's not like I can come up with all my best ideas and do all my best work this week. 
I am there for three, four, five years, 10 years, and I am, you know, maybe I'm making some pretty significant, you know, step changes at that company. So that's, that's the, my argument there, right? Like, I mean, of course, everything will move to pay for performance. The truth is we probably just don't know how uh, all the great, you know, how teams will work together greatly with commitment. It will require different kinds of companies, different kind of founders, amazing clarity of, you know, work distribution and work breakdown, amazing vision. Um, and and the truth is all of, uh, all startups, all our companies, however great they have been and become, like even if you read, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos, Amazon's book, it's, it's the biggest company in the world right now, such a success story. Yeah. But what was so striking about that book, I read his book, The Everything Store. I recommend his, that book as well. What was so striking about Jeff's story to me is he made so many mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's not like he had everything, you know, lined up in 97. It's just that he made mistakes with speed, right? And then he came around and invented a lot of those things. And uh, and when I say mistakes, by the way, it's so relevant to our discussion because he made so many recruiting mistakes. Yeah. He hired people based on their background thinking they'll, because they did it, you know, in some traditional industry, they will build those warehouses for him and all that. The point, my point is this, uh, this whole process is very iterative. And hence, we make commitments to each other here. Sorry, I'm going a little philosophical. No, 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 because I'm waiting because I want to comment on it. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, so that's why I don't see this complete pay for performance because I'm still seeing this uh, our commitment-based culture where we come up with great things together. That's it. I think that um, I agree, but I do think that there that that the world is ready for a different type of structure. You can see that in the legislate in the legislate legislation. I'm saying my words are blah. Legislation around um, pay, right? And mm-hmm. and I think that people would be very open and still committed. And I and and the reason why I, I'm I'm really concerned about the word commitment or at least long term commitment is because our generation, you and I, are moving on. But the new generation that's coming in aren't interested in long term commitment. That is not their ammo. That's true. <laughs> I mean, not oh, from you the. You are so right. Yeah, so long-term commitment is nothing that has no value to the generation that's taking over the economy, and we have to be able to be on the cutting edge of that. And or because we're going to end up spending so many millions of dollars in legislation and pay and compensate. Listen, you know how to do this, or can you do this? And if you haven't done it before, prove to me that you can. All right. Now, listen, we'll go ahead and we'll pay you, but we'll pay you based on your performance. So you when you, we define what those markers are. Right. So if you can get to this point, we'll pay you this amount. You get to this point, we'll pay you the, you know, or I don't know how it will work. I don't know if it's paid like that or if it's over a period of time. But I think that I, I think that we're getting to the place where we need to start having conversations about shifting the way things are functioning today we have a whole new generation that is they're they're pushing the edge and it's like we're trying to catch up to them but i I think that that's not the the most um intelligent way about evolving right it's about just kind of looking at what's there and 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 working with the evolution and helping it to to do what it's supposed to do does that make sense no it does it does and this is a 
uh, I know this is quite a involved, heavy debate with so many points, and you know it affects so many people and across so many different kinds of industries and jobs. I agree. I agree. It's not. Uh, we're learning more every day. We're learning more every day. Raj, you are like, I, you know, <laughs> I have like, I really enjoy talking to you. You, you allow me to, um, to do something that I love to do, which is to, to ask questions <laughs> and you respond. So that's even better. <laughs> You're I'm a great <laughs> guy. So where can my audience, um, well, so two questions, what can my audience sure. do for you? And sure. where can they find you? Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know what to do for me, but uh, I just hope they ask uh, questions of the roles. And, uh, you know, even when there's so much outbound candidate outreach also happening, uh, you sort of like candidates get a lot of emails, companies get a lot of candidates. So just ask the right questions. That's simple. Uh, if you do, uh, I appreciate you reading the book, by the way. That was a nice surprise. Um, it, it was kind of written three years ago uh, to help few customers out. But yeah, uh, the book, again, is Prepare. It's on Amazon. Uh, you might have to type in Prepare Raj Shape, which is also my name, to come up on the listing page and um, uh, you know check it out if you want to. It's also on Kindle. And about reaching me, and again, if you type in Raj Shade Recruiter Box on LinkedIn, I'm there, or my Twitter handle is who is Raj. That's awesome. As you can see, I already have my coffee spill on the book, so you know it's been, okay. it's been. <laughs> I've been traveling with it, so it's so funny. Um, will you come back? Will you come back and talk to us? Because, like, really quickly, you just got acquired, right? Your company just got acquired, and you're in a space kind of like this transitional space. So I definitely want you to come back because I know whatever you're about to dive into, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I, yeah, I would love to come back and love to keep chatting. This is fun. So Awesome, Raj. Well, thank you so much. For all of you that are out there listening, please get Raj's book. It is absolutely amazing. It will spark so many thoughts and ideas and um, in the way that you hire your talent and how you're delivering what you need um, for your organization. This is definitely one of the books that I recommend highly on the list. We're going to do a book list for the staffing startup.tv right now. Raj is on top, but <laughs> I feel like it's a really a good book to read, but we're going to do a book list. I want to get you guys involved. I really appreciate you Raj for being here. Thank you so much for listening. My name is D Williams. You're listening to staffing startup.tv. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like more information on any of our stories or would like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website at StaffingStartup.tv. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please leave a five-star rating and a super awesome review so others can enjoy the show too. Check out the live video footage on YouTube. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.